Well, what's going on? What's going on? Shopping? What's going on? What's going on with you? I'm sorry? Family is going on with you. Snaps for family. Good. What else is going on? Holidays are going on. Good. I wore my most festive shirt. What else? What's going on in your life? College applications are going on. Yeah. Jobs are going on. Sickness is going on. Yeah, at our house, we have some sickness. Purpose is going on. There's a good blue water answer right there. Fantastic. What else? Music is going on. Trying is going on. Another great blue water answer. What else, what else is going on? Babies are going on. Babies are going on. A lot of babies are going on lately. And uh, there's, uh, there's some baby in that house. Yeah. What else? One more thing. What's going on? I'm sorry? Emotions? Emotions are going on. Emotions are going on. Uh, <clears throat> because I provoke them with my eloquent speaking. That's it, yeah. Um, all sorts of things uh, are going on uh, all the time. Sometimes around the holidays, it seems like things are denser, the activity and happening. Uh, I'm not sure that's true, but certain things certainly get more attention and, and focus. Uh, we have kids in with us this morning. Stand up if you're a kid. There's a kid. Stand up if you're a kid. If you're in here. Come on, don't be shy. Stand up if you're a kid. So with kids, something's always going on uh, because kids think that life is all about change, right? So my son, Jeremiah, has, has a bet with Uncle Tony. Where, where's Uncle Tony? Is he in here? Oh, there's Uncle Tony. Uh, so they made a bet years ago, years ago, uh, that Jeremiah would never be taller than Uncle Tony. Because, you know, at a, at a certain point, it was unclear whether our kids would sort of pull towards Sonia's side of the family or toward my side of the family. And uh, come on up here. Come on up here, Tony. Let's, we gotta, let's gotta see, see where we are. And, and that's... At stake is a large, fresh pumpkin pie. That was the bet. So, so, uh, the slippers. You gotta, you gotta go barefoot. You gotta go barefoot. We gotta, we gotta check this out. Uh, Jeremiah is now 13, and uh, uh, Tony is 30. Stand up, Jeremiah. Let's, let's, let's see. Wait, and it, it was by. What was the age limit? 15? 16? Oh, 18. So he's got five years ago. Let's stand back to back and see how we're doing here. No, no, no. Let's see. Back to back. Who has? Oh, oh, oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it a tie. No resolution. No resolution yet. 
Tony says he's still growing. Oh, so close, so close. So let's check in with all those kids who stood again. And what I want to hear from you is like, what are some big ways that you grew or you changed this year? Okay, so Blue Water kids are incredibly smart. We have learned that uh, over the years because every time they stay in for the sermon, they say smart things and criticize me. Uh, so so how, did, how did you change this year? Kids, how did you change this year? Raise, Raise your, your hands. Hand. Raise your hand. And to sweeten the deal, whoever has a good answer gets a gift from uh, Auntie Sonia's bag. The bag of mystery. The bag of mystery. Let me see through so this. How did, how did you change this year? Talk, yeah, talk it over. Oh. See, Andrea, talk. Yeah. I think Olivia had her hand up first. A lot, a lot of change in the Woods family. My faith changed. See, this is what I'm talking about right here. This is like Don't totally start the bar low. Put, puts all, puts all the, uh, the adults to shame. Your faith changed this year. How so? Um, well, this year I went to like this thing and uh, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. It's just, just like, seriously? There you go, right there. So I, th I, think, I think she gets a gift. I think she gets a gift Close in the bag eyes. of mystery. Close your eyes. So this is going to be epic. Stand up, because you're tall. Stand up. Okay, and reach in. Want to reach in there? <laughs> She's going to get Mr. Potato Head. There you go. Hey, Mr. Potato Head. There you go. Bless you. Fantastic. All right, who else? Next door. I got to do another family. Sorry. Oh, one per family? Aaron's changed. I, um, I went to a new school. Went to a new school this year. Went to a new school. How is it? It's good. It's good. All right. That, that's prize worthy. Awesome. Reach in the bag. See what you get. See what you get. Could be anything. It could be absolutely anything. You never know. Uh, oh, oh, it's a Mr. Potato Head. It's a Mr. Right. Potato Head. Oh, wow. What are the chances of that? Wow. This is, this is interesting. Oh, back there. Joshua. I learned how to play tennis. Learned how to play tennis this year. Good job, Reach in that bag. See what you get. What could it be? iPhones. Oh, sorry. No, it's a Mr. Awesome. Potato Head. Interesting. Woo. Fantastic. I think we got one more gift in there. So who has changed this year? Oh, Andrea, over here. All right, Andrea. I um, went to a new basketball league and have new friends and learned to be a good team member. Went to a basketball game. I made some new friends and learned how to be a good team member. We could all use a little of that. And uh, reach in there. What, 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 what did you get? What did you get? I think it's a... I think it's a yeah, it's a, it's a Mr. Potato Head. Fantastic. He loves that. Uh, so, uh, tough, tough, tough question. Let's... Uh, what, what change do you expect to happen this year for everyone? What change do you expect to happen this year? Do you expect your life to change? 
are you looking, are you looking for change? One of the things we do in our house, because uh, we have kids, is on our door frame, we have the various height marks through the years and months. Uh, Jeremiah has just sort of entered his teen years, so we're like marking every, every month. And he's grown like an inch and a half since October, right? So I mean, that's, that's how it is for kids, right? Kids expect growth. They expect things to change, and they look forward to it. And that's kind of, that's kind of the normal in life, right? The normal is, is, uh, is change. I wonder uh, for how many of us adults uh, is that true. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll ask an adult, how have, you changed, how have you changed this year? And good answer gets a gift. Yeah. If you're lucky, it might be a Mr. Potato Head, but I'm not saying. How did, how did you change this year? Uh, Mrs. Claus, would you? No, pick up the microphone and do the bag of mystery with the Santa hat. It's the thing. Where's your hat? I mean, you know, you rehearse these things. Okay, all right. Poof! How, 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 did you, how did you change this year? This year? Try, try not to be like so spiritual and righteous that you shame all of us. How do you, how do you change this year? It's Erica. She's going to be spiritual and righteous, I'm pretty sure. I learned how to let my ego go a little more and try and be vulnerable um, in, in the art tarp uh, when I'm used to just presenting art that's fully finished in my own eyes. And I also learned how to be a good negotiator at work. Wow. There's really a useful big. skill. So we're going to give you a Christmas tree for that. These are actually papayas that we, that we grew from seeds. So These are here. organic, non-GMO papaya grown in Sang family organic compost. That's true. Yes. I guess every year when Christmas comes around, uh, I think about whether or not it's still new for me, right? Because um, we do this uh, every year. And uh, the thing about traditions is that they can get a little bit ordinary. The most basic thing about the Christmas tradition is that it's the celebration of good news. And the thing about that phrase, good news, is that it's supposed to be about new stuff. And so I think one of the best ways to celebrate Christmas is to celebrate what's new in life. And to ask ourselves every once in a while, well, you know, what's, what's going on? You know, what's new? What's the edge? What's the frontier for me? Uh, what's God been doing in me? What's God been doing in uh, the people around me? And there's something about that question, is it new and is it good, that I think goes to the heart of, of Christmas uh, in, in a funny way. The best thing about the Christmas story, in my opinion, uh, at least as it comes to celebrating it, is that the Christmas story is actually a story. You know, it's, it's not a fact. It's probably the most famous story ever told might well be the most beautiful story uh, ever told. 
but it's a story. It's not just the fact. It's not just the fact that God is with us. Uh, it's all about the manner in which he came and lived, right? I mean, that's what makes Christmas what it is. Uh, God did it in a certain way, and the way that he did it has like all of the meaning in it. It's the story uh, that counts. And the thing about stories is that they come at you. You know, if, uh, if you're watching a fast-paced movie, if you're reading a page-turning novel, the one thing that's required of you is like you, you pay attention. Uh, you engage what's happening uh, in front of you. Good stories are always developing. Is your life a good story? Is God telling a good story in your life? Is it always developing? Is it new? Is it good and new this year? I will give you eight seconds to be brilliant. Think. Here's a portion of the story from Luke chapter 2. <clears throat> and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, lying in a food dish for cattle. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, Peace to those on whom their favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Let's check out what's going on, which the Lord has told us about. So they turned, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But, it says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So in, we've gone over this in recent weeks. In some ways, the coming of the Messiah was an expected event in Israel. They'd been waiting for the coming of the Messiah for, uh, for hundreds of years. Uh, there were many, many prophecies about the coming of the Messiah. Everybody uh, who uh, was trying to trust God fully expected the Messiah to come, but the way it goes down, totally unexpected. And, and that's life, right? Uh, God has a way of telling you what's going to happen in such a manner that when it happens, you're totally surprised. Um, you expect it, but the way it goes down is, is always a little bit uh, surprising, provocative. 
God always leaves space for faith and growth uh, as it turns out. The points of these paragraphs is that it's an announcing of good news, as the angels uh, put it. Uh, it's, you know, that the word news comes from the word new. It's, it's the things that are new, the things that are on uh, the edge, the things that are happening now. Uh, so the angels showed, showed up, and to paraphrase, they said, hey, this is what's going on right now. Uh, the Messiah is born. Uh, everybody is going to be joyful about this uh, when news gets around. Uh, go check it out. Uh, and this is how you know we're not fooling with you. You're going to go into town, and you're going to find a baby lying in a food dish in a feeding area for, for cattle. Uh, babies, uh, there are lots of babies. Uh, we mentioned that earlier. Lots of babies around blue water. But when you go into town and you find a baby lying in a food dish, well, that is, that is rather unique and interesting. So it makes a good sign uh, when you do it. Uh, and they go into town and, and they, they indeed, they, they, they find the baby. And then there are some responses uh, to the news, to the new things that are happening. The shepherd's response is, is what? Well, they... They try, you know, they check it out, they investigate, they, they find that what the angel said to them uh, was true. Incidentally, let me just say this as senior pastor of Blue Water Mission. Um, if ever a bunch of angels come and tell you to do something, do it. That's just from me to you. Go ahead, write that down. But if an angelic host tells you to try something, you should probably try something. I'll give you a second to write that down. Just point, point of interest. Anybody been visited by an angelic host this year? Depends what you mean by, yeah, okay. I'm like 0 for 20 on that one. Um, so they follow through. Uh, they find the baby, which is indeed interesting. Uh, it says that um, it was all as they had been told it was. And then their response is, is, is interesting. I mean, when you think about it. Uh, if you have a night like this, what, what would your response be? And it seems to me they celebrate and then they go back to work. I guess that's what you do uh, when the angels uh, speak to you from heaven and, and you find the Messiah. You celebrate, you know, everybody's amazed. Uh, they tell people uh, there's a lot of head scratching and, and, and wonder and then, they, and then they go back to work. They head back to the fields because that's where, that's where their sheep are. Uh, after all. Uh, and then there's Mary's reaction, uh, which is so interesting. It says, but Mary, and there's that word but there as if, you know, it's noteworthy, you know. She had a different reaction uh, than everyone else. She treasured up or stored up or gathered up, depending on your translation, all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Uh, the word ponder uh, is sometimes translated in, in your versions considered. Um, it's the Greek word symbolo, uh, which is actually a very aggressive word. Uh, it means something like to engage or even to wrestle with. Like you, when you're, uh, when you're uh, fighting uh, battles, you symbolo your enemy. You interact with them in a very direct way. You know, she's, she's really turning these things over in her heart in a, in a forceful way on the inside, in the interior. 
she, she engaged, she wrestled uh, with these things. The introduction to the Gospel of Luke, uh, written by a guy named Luke, uh, has, a, has a line of explanation, a couple lines of explanation. Uh, Luke puts it this way as he begins this Gospel account. He says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Luke said that once the Jesus thing got started in the world, many people started writing down the events so that future generations could keep track of what was happening or so that the accounts could be spread around the world and people would be in the know in the story. Evidently, we've lost most of those accounts because Luke says many, and we don't have very many. Um, he goes on to say, with this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, not like those messy accounts, mine's going to be orderly, uh, most excellent Theophilus. Theophilus just means lover of God. So it's just like, you fan of, of God so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. So Luke is like a journalist. Luke interviewed Mary about this story, about the birth of Jesus. And the thing he carried away from his interview of Mary about the birth of Jesus was, was this, that Mary treasured up things and really wrestled with them in her heart. She thought very, very carefully about what was going down. And that might sound to you obvious or it might sound to you interesting. It's like, well, of course she thought very hard about what was happening. I mean, the poor girl just gave birth to a baby in a food dish. And uh, there were animals all around. I mean, she was worried about her survival. She was worried about the survival of the, of the baby. I mean, back in those days, childbirth was a very risky thing. She was probably worried about sanitation I mean, they were in, a, in basically a, a barn, and, you know, how many of you would like to give birth in a barn? Anybody born in a barn? Again, 0 for 20. Um, it would be interesting. But, you know, it, it was a remarkable night uh, in, in a lot of ways. But, but it says that Mary, you know, wrestled with these things. She didn't just celebrate. It's like she went out of her way to consider everything. So, wow, you know, the shepherds have shown up. Wow, God told them to check this out. This is, what do you suppose was going through her head exactly? I don't know, and I don't even know that she knew, but she was hyper aware of everything and hyper thoughtful because everything that was happening in her life that night was important, she probably figured. And of course, everything that was happening was, was new. Uh, it, was, it was cutting edge. She had been told by an angel herself that she would give birth to the Messiah by the angel Gabriel. And I imagine she was thinking, wow, is this, is this what it's like to, you know, give birth to the Messiah? What, what exactly do I need to notice right now? She might have been thinking about it. There were no camera phones in those days. It was all up here. What do I need to remember? Um, an interesting experience. Uh, years ago, uh, when I was in my uh, early 20s, I was living in, uh, in a house with uh, a couple other Christian guys, and we just kind of had a community house. We were living in an extremely violent uh, neighborhood, and we opened up our doors. We invited people off the street to live with us, and 
and uh, the Holy Spirit just, just broke into that house. We just saw a number of miracles and a number of lives changed, and, and one of my roommates thoroughly had his life changed. I mean, he went from being addicted to some really dark things to just, just becoming the most redeemed Christian guy, and it's this powerful minister, and just this just this altogether uh, lovely human being. And uh, once a week uh, on uh, Thursdays, we would have our house meeting where I would get together with, with my roommates and we would just talk about what was going on. And I remember distinctly one night, uh, this guy said to me, I'm not having trouble dealing with all the crazy miracles that are happening in the house. I'm having trouble at work because I no longer know how to be normal. It seems like it should be different, you know? I mean, I know how to live in all of this, but how do I just kind of live life, you know? How do I just go through daily life? That was uh, the big mystery uh, for him. I, I, is this how it works? I remember him saying, and the oldest roommate in the house at the time was 23 years old. Like, I was 22. So, well, what did we know about how life was supposed to work? What did we know about anything? We barely knew what was important and what wasn't important in life. Uh, but I think that's, I'm 51, I think that's still the question. What's important and what's not? And somehow I think that was going through Mary's mind that night. Okay, what about this is really important, and what about this isn't? Angels talking to shepherds seems important. My baby is lying in a food dish being licked by a cow. Okay, maybe that's not so important. Or maybe it is. Maybe that's a big part of the story. I really don't know how to compute this. I think that was Mary's reaction. Maybe you have that reaction in your life sometime. I mean, is this an important thing? Or is this a shrug and forget sort of thing? Is this going to lead to something really big? Or is this just kind of a meaningless detail or a dead end? Is this a failure or is this a change? Exactly how should I think about this? And it seems like the way the Christmas story was told was filled with those sorts of questions. What's important right now and what's not? That's often the challenge. Sometimes we need somebody to tell us what's important in life. So one of my favorite questions is, well, what's going on? What has God done recently? And it forces people to actually stop and ponder things in their heart to kind of reflect on what's happening in life at the moment. This is happening right now. Oh, yeah. Now I see it. You, you know the kind of experience I'm talking about? And it's just profound to me that on the evening of the birth of the Messiah, the promised one, God saw fit to send a bunch of angels to make sure that people noticed it. We don't often get a host of angels, but I do think God is constantly doing important things in our lives, birthing new things. I mean, maybe it's an ordinary birth of something, or maybe it's an epic birth of promise and somebody has to come and tap us on the shoulder and say, oh, notice that, please. You should notice that. That's really important. So I think a lot goes by in the story of our lives that we miss because we just fail to ponder. 
because we're not aware or we're not thoughtful because, I don't know, there's a lot of other stuff going on. There's college applications, there's family and holiday, there's gambling with Uncle Tony. Uh, the thing about the story of your life is that it's a story. And if you have a life with God, oh, it's a very interesting story indeed. It's not just the fact that God loves you. It's the manner in which it all goes down between you and God. That's where all the meaning is. That's how stories work. You know, it's not just what you believe. It's, it's how you walk out the trust, right? It's how God sort of births things in the midst of, of your belief. So what have been good developments in your life this year? I mean, have you really thought about it? I'll give you eight seconds. What have been the good developments in your story this year? Are you sure those are the biggest things? Or are they just the most obvious ones? It's the kind of thing that Christmas provokes, that sort of, of questions. And some of you might think, oh, well, actually not much has happened in my life this year, and you would be totally wrong. Well, I mean, probably. It depends a little bit about on how you live life, if you are like plugged into blue water at all, if you are living the life at all, if you're in an Ohana group, if there are people involved in your life, then for sure there have been important developments. And if nothing comes to mind, then you have not pondered in your heart appropriately. You have not let yourself be bothered as, as you should. Uh, I get together with... Uh, some of the uh, senior leaders of the, of the church um, on a regular basis. We kind of have our little uh, Ohana group, our little small group. And I am uh, in the habit of starting those meetings with a, a little game I play. I say, tell me something I don't know. And everybody loves that game, right guys? <laughs> Love it. Uh, tell me something I don't know. Tell me something about your life or about your ministry stream or something that's going on around you in the church that I don't know about. Uh, and uh, I like it because I learn what's going on and I'm often kind of clueless. But I like it as well because it forces people to stop and think of things that have been going on and things that they have perhaps missed and it's worth celebrating the new or the news um, before we go on with our work as shepherds in the Blue Water Ohana. Uh, tell me something I don't know. Um, there's always good news circulating around you. Find it. Notice it. That's one of the messages of the Christmas story as it is told. One of my favorite things in discipling people is to simply to point out when something is important something is important. A lot of you are having new experiences with God, and, and, and I love listening to your stories, and I will sometimes butt into your storytelling, and I'll say, oh, oh, wait, wait. So you feel like you actually heard something from God, you personally. Do you realize how interesting that is? You feel like the living God is talking to you. You got a sense in your heart. Let's just pause for a moment and appreciate how weird that makes you. Good things are going to come from that. 
because the Bible is just a collection of stories from people who felt like they heard from God and did something about it. Your life has just become biblical. Congratulations. I love conversations like that. Oh, so you invited someone to come to church, which means you invited someone to join you in your faith journey. Let's just, let's just pause and kind of recognize what that is. Do you realize that you are now part of a mission that is well over 2,000 years old and that you are being salt in the earth, light uh, in the world, that you are fulfilling exactly what you're supposed to do? Yeah, good job. Good job. What else is going on? Let's, let's just take a moment uh, to notice that. So, you've, you've, uh, you've adopted a group of people just based on faith. You're going to an Ohana group and you've decided to like to commit to these people for a season of your life and to care for them and to let them care for you. These are people that you didn't even previously know. Do you realize how weird that is? That's just, I mean, it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of creepy because I know some of those people. And, and you've committed yourself purely out of faith and a positive love. That's really, I mean, do you realize what's going on there? Do you realize how fruitful and growthful that is? It's kind of, kind of awesome. Um, so you're telling me that you just took a, like a chunk of, of money or your wealth and you just shared it? You just shared it with the poor or you shared it for the sake of the gospel? That's sort of, that's sort of anti-materialistic. It's like normal people don't do that. It's, that's, that's generosity and self-sacrifice. That's love in a direct way. Take a moment and, and appreciate that. Or this one, oh, it sounds to me as if you've learned an important principle uh, recently. Have you made note of it? I mean, do you realize what you're learning? That's often a really great discipleship question. Do you realize what you've learned? I mean, write that sucker down. Uh, make, make a note of it, and let me ask you, how are you going to apply it? Let's just be aware. Let's wrestle with these things in our heart. A great deal of learning is learning how to learn, right? Uh, have, you, have you noticed uh, what's going on? Have you engaged yourself on it? Have you been self-reflective? And, um, and that's my pastoral point uh, for the sermon. Uh, as, as we end it. Let's be a little bit self-reflective about what the Lord has done in our lives um, recently, this year, as we go into the new year. As you know, as we go into the new year, I'm going to make you, I'm going to force you to make resolutions. Uh, I'm going to force you to think about intentional change. Uh, this is a little bit different. Do you know how God is changing you now? Do you know how God is changing the world around you? Are you aware of the story of God being told in your life? Because if you are engaged with God at all, I guarantee you new stuff is going on. It's like having a, a papaya seedling. I mean, if you just water that at all, if there are any nutrients in the soil, it's going to grow. There's going to be some change. And then the game becomes different. You're not waiting around for change. You're just trying to make the best out of the change you have. And that seems to me Christian discipleship. In any story, you have to figure out what's going on. 
And God is an interesting storyteller, and you are an interesting story, every one of you. Often things aren't immediately clear in a story, which is to say something happened, but you're not really sure what it means yet. That's part of good storytelling. So the key is to be very aware and very thoughtful all the time. Are you? Or do you need an angel to show up and slap you upside the head? Are you thoughtful and aware? So let's end uh, with the obvious questions. What are the big changes in you this year? What's the news for you? Go ahead, reflect. Make a few notes if necessary. What's happening in your life right now? I mean, do you actually know? And for those of you who love other people, let me ask a follow-up question. What, what new things are you seeing in those around you? It's kind of easy to see new things happening in kids. But what about the other people? One useful service you can do is to point them out. Consider that a second. How many of you feel like you have answers to those questions? Good. Be, 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 be bold. Six of you. Excellent. My sermon has been more successful than usual. If you have answers to these questions, then I suggest to you that these good news are worth celebrating. Uh, it's worth making a big part of your Christmas celebration. I have walked with God and I have new things to celebrate. Let me tell you. Uh, that sums up uh, Christmas uh, in a nice way.